Welcome to the Be Your Own Loud podcast. Kirk and I created this podcast to interview experts, right? Like people who we get introduced to that we're excited to learn from and know that they're going to bring great value to you, our audience. But every interview, our goal is to reverse engineer what they do so that you can implement it into your practice. And we've got Braden Dragomir today, founder of Untold Storytelling. He was a referral from somebody who we talk about often on this podcast, a guy named Rob Howard. And this is the introduction that I got into Braden. Braden Dragomir is a news anchor and cinematographer turned brand storyteller. Probably the best documentary film style brand storytellers in North America. All right, let's go. Be your own loud. Not trying to oversell you, brother, but you came highly recommended. So, Braden, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Kirk, I'm, I'm going to have you ask this first set of questions because Braden exists in a town called Kingston, Ontario. Yeah, something in the water there. I mean, we've recently we've met so many talented people, branding, marketing. It's nuts. What's going on? What is going on in Kingston, man? I mean, I know some good hockey players from there too. Oh, really? You know what? Uh, I moved here about 10 years ago and right away it was amazing. Like the, the amount of creative talent that is in this town. I mean, you know, we've got Queens university, we've got St. Lawrence college. So there's a ton of educated people coming out and, and coming here. I think it's just a, a nature of being close to Toronto. You get out of the city a little bit, you get into the country, you like life, and then you settle down. We're two and a half hours from Toronto, two hours from Ottawa, two and a half from Montreal. We can hit three of the biggest cities in Canada in less than two and a half hours if we want to do anything. It's a really nice place to be. I live on two acres north of a city, and you, you don't get to do that very often. That's wonderful, dude. Beautiful. I just was on a webinar two days ago with two guys from Kingston. We just hired a guy from Kingston. We're really, we're really happy about that. And everybody, Kirk, everybody says the same thing about Kingston. It's like, it's just like the, like the vibe there, dude, is like. Yeah. So t tell us a little bit about what you're doing, how you got here, Braden, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my career started as, as a journalist, I went to, I, I did a bit of work in the film industry. I thought I'd be practical, go get a degree. And then, uh, I fell into journalism. And so I worked in the States for a couple of years. I was in Wichita, Kansas and Casper, Wyoming. And then I moved back up here and about seven, eight years ago, news started, took a turn for the not so positive. And I just found it really draining. And so, you know, I had a background in film. I had a storytelling, you know, sort of history and journalism and started to sort of navigate those two things together and, and started a production company in 2014. Since then, we've been really trying to find that balance between like truthful storytelling and then beautiful cinematography. Those, those two things sort of, they complement each other really well, right? A, a really well told story, beautifully told is, is something that it, it's hard to not watch. Absolutely. I was looking through your website and I went to your blog and I found one of your posts and it was just fantastic. And probably a lot of what we're going to talk about today, as far as us kind of leading you, will be here. And I know you'll add a lot in between the lines, but I love the post that you have that talks about conflict drives connection. Can you tell us a little bit about that concept? Yeah, well, where we exist is we're trying to marry sort of some of the science of storytelling because there is a there's a huge body of research around the ideas of narrative transportation and character identification and and all of these different theories but really at the core it's 
we're a storytelling species. We've we've shared stories. I don't know how many people have already said this, right? But it's like, you know, we've been telling stories for thousands of years, but storytelling has also become a really big buzzword. Everyone says they're a storyteller, but not all frameworks are actually storytelling. One of the major pieces to what drives engagement is conflict. And that doesn't mean like two people fighting, right? It means like you need a character who has to overcome something. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be something crazy, but there has to be something over to come to overcome in order for there to actually be a story there. And so conflict is, is really sort of that critical piece. And what it does is it creates an, a question in your audience's mind, right? You know, in that blog post, you know, you saw it, there's, there's the story that Filson told on Gary Edinger. It's a 17 minute film. So it is a commitment to go and watch it. But if you're not hooked in the first 45 seconds of that film, and I don't want to give it away, right? But if you're not hooked on that conflict, I, I, I question your humanity a bit, right? Because it pulls you in a way where you, you have to know what happens to this person. Yeah, I, I, I had some time to watch it before. And it was just, I, I after I got through that, I looked up the clock because I know I had a meeting, recording meeting with you. And I said, do I have enough time to watch this? So I got three minutes of spare. So I was, I'm, I'm watching this start to finish. I couldn't turn it off. Having four kids, my mind went to the fact that Disney is famous for a model like this. And you might not like the reference, but I'll um, put that in perspective for people, how powerful it is, because they, they do not leave that model. I would say to me, Pixar is at the top of that pyramid. Disney, especially, you know, since they acquired Pixar, has their storytelling has become phenomenal as well. But Pixar is is try to watch a Pixar movie and not at some point cry or or have something that really changes you. Like Soul just came out recently and it was like, what a beautiful piece of storytelling that there is a defined conflict, right? It, it is really easy to understand what that character is is working to overcome, right? When we think of brands and when we think of like financial advisors and, in, you know, insurance and things like that, right? Like how many pieces of marketing have you seen where someone talks about a conflict? If, if you're a financial advisor, like think about your, your customer base, right? Like they are overcoming debt. They are overcoming, like trying to buy their first house, right? Like those aren't easy journeys as a human being. And, and no, like I've, I've never seen a financial service firm, like really embrace the potential of the stories that they could actually tell. Now, we have something called the, the perfect podcast formula here, and uh, storytelling happens to be one of those pieces. And before we get more deeply into some of the other st stuff that you've done here, storytelling, education, entertainment, and call to action, those are the four components of a perfect podcast. How can somebody using an audio-only medium be able to to create that conflict fast enough where I'm I just like Kirk said, I mean, I know all of us know what you're talking about, Braden. I mean, there are times where we get hooked into something. It can be even a freaking TikTok video that's like, you know, 60, 90 seconds, and you're like, I'm I gotta watch the rest of this. Do you have any like quick tips and tricks that people can utilize or like a is there like a formula or or something to be able to help people get to that conflict and get them engaged quickly? I'm I mean, I think the biggest thing is to brainstorm those conflicts, right? Like, you know, you're you're not you're not recording a, a podcast in the dark, right? You're not you're not popping out somewhere, turning hitting record and recording for thirty minutes. Like, you you are planning and you're putting intention into that. You're you're gonna already have a framework or a topic in mind, right? But when you pick that topic, 
that is the time to start mining. Like, what are the challenges that the audience is going to ha have to overcome as individuals in, when you're crafting that story, right? So when you're thinking about the framework of your podcast, right, you're thinking about what hooks the audience in? What's the question we're asking the audience, right? What do we want them to think about to go deeper on this subject? And then you're going to take them on that journey to your resolution and call to action, right? I think the biggest thing to do is actually just take the time and think about the conflicts that your audience is going to be dealing with in that subject matter that you're, that you're dealing with, right? financial advisor, for example, if you're talking about mortgages, well, you don't need to waste your time on on pieces outside of that. What is the main conflict that someone trying to save for their first mortgage needs to overcome to start that journey? We've got a great, um, actually, I don't know. I don't think they became a client yet, but we're working to, and I can't remember Matt, but uh, the water company in Michigan, they have a oh, yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah. conflict. Yeah, holy crap, right? So here in Michigan, right, we have this behemoth called Nestle and Nestle doesn't pay for their water. Basically, the pick a fight that we were going to use this conflict that we wanted to work with them, and and I'm still in the process of doing that. COVID has really messed up some of the stuff that they're they were trying to do. Is to pick a fight with Nestle, and when I brought it up with them, Braden, they were like, "Well, nobody knows what we do." They have a fixed contract with the city of Kalamazoo that I live in that guarantees the city of Kalamazoo X amount of money. So they're already doing more than a billion dollar company that's just here in town. They're like, oh, did you know that we ha we hand out free water for every one of the marathons in town? Like, oh my God, it, it's so wonderful when you can get somebody who identifies with that conflict and all of a sudden it's like this, you have this little bellows and you just keep stoking this fire of passion, right? And then all of a sudden when you get them recording in your situation, whether it's audio or video or both, all, it, they're in a different realm, right? They're in a different mindset. It's super, super powerful. I just, th I just thought of an idea for them. You know how yeah, right, everybody, everybody talks about big oil? Well, you should tell big them water, big water. Oh, I'm going to call them when we get done, dude. That was great. Braden, how do we, how do marketers or experts, and by, by the way, I mentioned before we started this podcast that we've done a, spent a lot of time working with financial services, but this podcast is for everybody, any expert, any company who has expertise, a pick a fight, whatever it is, how do we, how do we take what you're talking about and apply it to marketing? In terms of like, how do we embrace sort of conflict or, or just storytelling in general? I think storytelling, storytelling in general. I'm really passionate about brands that have like a social purpose. When you're, when you're looking at like, what is the problem that your company is trying to solve? Well, how many people actually share that story in a compelling way? You go to someone's, you go to someone's about us page and how often is it just like a block of random text about the history of this company, right? It's not inspiring. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not pulling you in, but every company, every brand, every solopreneur started whatever they're doing to solve a specific problem. I think, you know, whenever we start a new engagement with a company, we, we, we go all the way back to the beginning and just like, why, why do you exist? Right. And what is that problem? And then from there you start to mine, like, what are the storytelling opportunities for that? Right. The water company in, in Michigan, right? Like we've, we've sort of broken storytelling into, we call it the four realms, but it's, you know, affinity, awareness, advocacy, action. And these are sort of four pools of places you can tell stories. If you're a new company and you're trying to build affinity, 
tell stories that that make people care about your purpose, make people care about your values, your mission. If you need to sell a product, well, you're going to drive action with that story, right? And, you know, mind your customer base, right? Talk to talk to people. I mean, our, our whole core, you know, is documentary storytellers is really in real people. Throw me ex an example of a company. Like, well, I was just going to say, why don't we talk about us? Because just because it might be an easy one to pick. I can tell you this, that there's a hundred other or a thousand other or 10,000 other people who have the same, who say they have the same purpose. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. If I go back to financial services, if you ask any, if you do a survey of somebody's clients, they'll pretty much come back with five words. They'll say trust. I feel like he's got my best interests at heart. Integrity cares, easy to work with or convenient or, or, or likable or, and it's not usually that he gets that they get me anyway, it, you get the same thing. So how does somebody who feels like they're in a, in a business or even that their purpose, isn't that exciting? How does somebody, how do you get somebody there? Or is it even possible? I mean, I definitely think you can get somebody there. I mean, I, I would start at no one has the same origin story as you. What brought you to where you are is totally individual. And, you know, I, I, mean, I don't know why we, I keep referencing financial service providers. It's just in my head. That's okay. There, there are, you know, how many, I mean, I'm in Kingston, which is not a big place. And I, I couldn't count on two hands how many financial advisors reach out to me got every week on LinkedIn, right, with something. What's interesting is like when you actually talk to them as human beings, what brought them there is totally different. I think a lot of times people are a little bit afraid to sort of be that honest and vulnerable about who they are and what brought them there. I mean, how many people have you talked to that have changed major careers, right? Went from like an engineering degree and now they opened a retail shop or like the, the amount of journeys I've, I've found just talking to people about like, hey, what, you know, what made you open this store? And their journey there is, it's always something unique and different. And so I think one of the biggest things to do is like be willing to embrace that sort of different and quirkiness of yourself. In, in reality, there's got how many thousands of production companies in North America that mm -hmm. I compete with and, and amazing filmmakers in different realms whose skill set I'll never touch because they're, they're doing something totally different than what I do. Talk to any of our clients and I would say, you know, 90% of them would say that they work with us because of us, right? Like they work with us because of who my team is as individuals. And we probably get the same five descriptors you do, right? Integrity, care, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we get those, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, some people love the flashy marketer. Some people like the guy who lives north of Kingston <laughs> who tells films for a living, right? And it's, I think the, the thing to really embrace, especially like, you know, a platform like this podcasting, right? Is like, you can be so much more vulnerable and you can be so much more honest. And there are people out there who are gonna connect with you way more deeply because of the platform and because they feel like they know you as an actual person. For us, the core of storytelling is getting a brand to distill all the way down to that place, right? And whether it's a customer or whether it's a team member or whether it's the founder, you have to be able to get to there before you can then start to build stories. Yeah, Matt and I, our first Be Your Own Loud podcast was, we, we actually recorded it a couple of weeks ago, a month ago maybe. And we talked about the impact that podcasting has had on our business and our lives because when we first met like four and a half years ago, something like that, I was running, I was doing branding and websites and con some content marketing. So I call it static content marketing. 
about six months, we started podcasting and within a couple of months we realized, oh my gosh, this, I don't, I don't know if calling is the right word, but it just, it just fit all the, all the things that weren't working. You, you talk about on your, on your blog post about it's solving a problem and finding it. And so the, the problem was big and I'd experienced that problem for 20 years in financial services, it, which was people don't have time or won't make the time or won't invest in creating authentic content. And to me, and the story, this whole conversation supports that, that theory. Seth Godin says that content marketing is the only marketing left. I quote him, I think, two times every podcast, by the way, <laughs> since I read that. Yeah. Anyway, podcasting makes it so easy to create content on a consistent basis and not have it overwhelm you, like writing or producing yeah. videos and the perfection and the scripting and all that stuff, right? We feel like this is, the, this is an answer. And then you can multiply that content and turn it into so much more. But for us, it, this start, when it started to take off and we started to realize people really love it and people don't want to stop doing it when they start, we started building this company and went from having a couple team members to 20. I tell a story about my, one of my teenage boys, like having a moment where he realized that I'm building something special because he kind of got introduced to the company. He was doing mm-hmm. a little bit of work for us and he couldn't believe you know, how many people there were, how organized everybody was. We tell, we tell that little bit of a story and Matt and I really are love it so much, but I think it'd be really fun someday for us to figure out how to go deeper into that and tell, come up with the story. You just really touched on something there and the most successful podcast that we have that either Kirk and I have done or that we've produced for our clients fit your freaking model perfectly. There's a level of vulnerability, a level of realness, right? We had one right at the beginning when Kirk and I started. This guy's name was John Smallwood. Guy was an unbelievable guy. Terrible stutterer when he was a kid. Debilitating. He started off his podcast and he starts off all of his workshops with this one quick story, which is when I first started doing these, I hadn't worked through all of my stuttering issues. And it took me seven minutes to get to read the first line of the first slide. I stopped and I took a deep breath and I looked at everybody and and I said, you better settle in because this is going to take a while. He said, almost everybody set an appointment and those people are still clients of his today. And when he would get really excited on the podcast, it'd kind of come back and he was totally unapologetic about it. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is my vulnerability. And he just people connected with him so quickly with that. How do you before we get to the next line of questions here, how do you make a client, Braden, feel that they're in a safe enough space where they will share that and open themselves up to the world? I mean, it's like you, you said before, care. The key to doing a great interview is to care about the person you're interviewing. We, you know, everyone's sort of getting familiar with the term of like active listening. You know, it's like you said at the beginning of this podcast, turn everything off, turn the screens. Like we are, we are here for the next 30 minutes and we're going to talk. Nothing else matters. When I conduct an interview for, for a film we're doing, there's, there's camera equipment, there's lights, there is all that, right? When I sit down in that chair to interview someone, nothing else matters and I don't break my focus, right? And and we've come up with a bunch of little systems that no one would ever really know if they were on set with us unless they worked with us. My My cinematographer, we have a series of taps on my shoulder. He will tap me on the shoulder when everything's ready to go. 
But when I sit down and I start talking to my interview subject, we don't, we don't say rolling. We don't say action. There's no, there's no acknowledgement of the equipment in the room because as soon as you acknowledge it, right, it just, it becomes a thing. And you're going to make someone nervous and you're going to make it performative. Our core is, like I said, real people, right? So we are interviewing regular human beings in their, you know, usually in their home, mm-hmm. right? In a, in a place that they're comfortable and we've now taken over and we've brought hundreds of pounds of equipment and lights and audio and camera into their middle of their living room and rearrange their furniture. And we, <laughs> we're pretty invasive and you, we really have to work really hard to set that level of comfort. And it really comes back to those, those two things. Like I, I can't tell you how many friends I've made on a production working for brands and people like I still talk to on Instagram or something like that. Right. And these are people in like, you know, we've, we've done shoots in Australia and Hong Kong and Greece and London. And I still talk to people from those shoots who I, I just found them as a character for a brand. And we've built this genuine human connection. Speaking of connection, and in the ability to, to, to lose focus on everything except for what's sitting in front of you. Our attention spans are getting ridiculous, dude. I was just on YouTube today. I, I do metal art and I was watching a black, blacksmithing video, which is, that might sound strange watching some guy hit metal, but it's very therapeutic and cathartic for me. And two commercials came on and what they were both for Lexus. Now, we're not paid by Lexus. If they want to give us a Lexus, then we can talk. But here's the thing. I mean, yeah, me too. Well, all three of us will get Lexuses, right? But I was mad at Lexus because their commercial was 15 seconds long. And I thought to myself, can't you do that in five? So you create storytelling. I mean, are you able to get things that tight and succinct? Or is your format specific to a much longer, deeper model? The blog we sort of referenced at the beginning, it, it really started out of a, out of an idea of, for the most part, attention spans aren't as bad as people think they are. The problem is the content sucks. <laughs> right? Like the reason that that Lexus commercial, you know, terrible. was 15 seconds and felt like a minute because it was a, it was a bad commercial. Yeah, right. I'm trying really hard not to swear there, but like, you know, <laughs> you, can, like, you can swear. Yeah. Commercial. Right. And I think that's, that's the, that's the thing, right. It's like there, there is a balance that needs to be found again in, you know, making content. And the reason I think podcasting is such a great format and why, why people are really connecting with it. I listen to probably a dozen podcasts a week, pretty religiously. Like there's a, there's a group of them that I go through kind of each week for the most part, they're over an hour. I, I don't get into like the, you know, Joe Rogan four hour thing. Like I'm that, I don't have that much time for me. An, an hour engaging conversation is, is an, a beautiful format. It's someone who I ca- I have some type of connection with, right. Talking to someone about something that I care about. And so I find that really engaging. You think about people talk about attention spans being short, but how many hours have you binged on net- Netflix? Right. How many times have how many people, you know, in America or, you know, in Canada or, or the world now have like sat down and just been absorbed by eight hours of the Queen's Gambit? And why is that amazing characters and amazing storytelling? There is there's just this massive void where like marketing and branding is just afraid of doing that. There's no reason that Nike can't produce amazing conflict 
content. And and I would say Nike is probably one of those brands that does, right? Like they mm-hmm. create contact that a three minute piece on their YouTube channel feels like 30 seconds. And you're like, oh man, I want to watch that again, right? But didn't but, they back uh, Colin Kaepernick? Well, and they stand for something, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's one of the big things that a, a really strong brand does as well, right? It's not afraid to have an opinion. Yeah. Which was, which was obviously pretty controversial, but they drew the line in the sand, I suppose. By the way, in Canada, suppose means suppose. <laughs> I, I don't think you can, I don't think you could run a massive brand if you didn't alienate some people because you have to appeal so strongly to those that are going to follow you. We, we, Rob, we talked about Rob a little bit, but like they, they have a, the idea of like a cult-like following. Right. And it's like, if you think of the brands that have a cult like following, man, they're ravenous. Those fans are ravenous, right? And they will advocate and they will fight for you. And that's one of those things that Nike has. Yeah, they upset some people and some people burn some shoes, but the people that believe in the beliefs of Nike mm-hmm. and values are going to fight harder and they're going to go out and intentionally buy another pair of shoes because they saw some videos of people burning theirs. We're starting to develop that with our with our podcast and it's been really interesting. I never thought, I guess I never thought that it was possible for a company like ours to have raving fans, but we've got a few that we, I think we pay a lot of attention to because they are and they, that makes it even go, go grow deeper and we're trying to do more, but it's a really fun thing when I think one of uh, probably about four or six months ago, I had, a, I guess I would say I had a breakthrough in a podcast where I started being a little different, being a little bit more myself, perhaps. I got several messages from those people saying that was your best ever, man. Yep. yep. Keep, keep being like that, which was, that's pretty neat, right? To have people care about you from listening to your podcast, right? And, and I hadn't even gotten to that place where they f- maybe felt like they knew me that much. So those things are, you know, telling those little stories. And anyway, I've been listening to this podcast called The Moth. It's a story. It's just stories. Oh my goodness. It is unbelievable. My favorite uh, podcast, hands down. What they do is you have to, you apply, you have, if you have a story, you apply. And I have one, which I'm not a good storyteller. I forget the punchlines of jokes and even short jokes all the time. It's ridiculous. They, they just have people tell story. And there's one of uh, an episode with Cheech and, Cheech Morin from Cheech and Chong yeah. talks about how he got, how he met Tommy and kind of, you know, backdates it kind of like a couple of years before tell us tons of stories. Oh my goodness. It was, it was unbelievable. My 15 year old and I were driving somewhere the other day and I put it on for him and he couldn't, he was just immersed in that. It was just a great story, but that's one of the things about storytelling is that too, is to get that focus. And I'm curious how you feel about still telling a story over a podcast, because I was watching that video that you, that's on your blog. So we want everybody to go to your website and go grab this. Cause this story is unbelievable. I'd like them to go to your blog post to, to no, we'll make to sure that it. those are in the show notes. Kirk, you yeah. have to tell you, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure it's in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the blog post is the good fight, how to, how conflict drives connection. And there's a, a story in there. But I was, as I was watching, I was thinking, I wonder, could you turn this into a podcast? And mm-hmm. there are images that go, right? There's one where he's on a horse walking through the woods and you can't tell he's on a horse. Well, if you're listening really closely, you might be able to tell it's a horse. But I was curious, 
what what's the difference? What do you think the differences, the nuances is between telling a story like you do in audio only or or video? And that's a audio. damn good question, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I mean, I would start at I have a massive amount of respect for people who work in sound. And if you go to the movies, to me, I, I haven't decided if it's more than fifty percent, but at least fifty percent of the experience is is auditory. Right. Like, uh, I mean, how many, I, and I would say, you know, it, depending on this, on the style of video, I mean, audio is critical. How many times have you turned on a YouTube video? It has bad audio and you turn it off. Right. I, I, I think there is an, a, a need for good audio kind of in any format that uses sound as, as a driver. I think the thing you have to be very aware of in, in a podcast realm is you need a lot more description, right? Because the, that other 50% that, that I get to play with in my world, uh, you don't. I can create a visual world however I want to create a visual world and you're going to follow it. But when it comes to creating that and engaging that part of the brain, right? Engaging the visual part of the brain and the imagination. I think one of the podcasts I listened to recently that, that did that in such a beautiful way was uh, Rabbit Hole. I don't know if you've listened to that yet, but it was, it was done by the, I think it was done by some, some producers at New York times. And it was this like eight episode exploration of like how the internet has sort of, you know, changed and, and radicalized people and where those pockets of people have been and talking about things like PewDiePie and, you know, all these sort of internet phenomenons that I'm, I was, I experienced them all at some point. Right. But the audio journey that they took you on, they left the audio up in the car, right? So you can hear the road going by and you know that they're talking to this person when they're in a car or they're leaving auditory cues where you can sort of, we're pretty powerful creatures when it comes to what, what our brains are capable of. And so if you can paint that picture, you don't describe a, a sunset by saying it was a nice sunset. You describe it by talking about the shades of colors and, you know, the purple hues and the wisps and the clouds, right? And you can, you can paint that image and, and your mind can create it. But I think when you're in a format like this, where yeah. it is on the audio, it's taking the time to be conscious of, of how you're engaging the mind. Should we have a narrator uh, come and maybe overdo the show? Like Matt just tipped his hat at Kirk. He really loved, <laughs> he really loved that point. I, you know, I would, I, it, was, it was a wonderful moment. Between I think you get a fun narrator, but I, I think it depends on what you're talking about. Right. No, but, I, I always, I was a, just a bad joke, man. Kirk does that every once in a while. Like it's really funny in his head, dude. And then when it comes out, he's like, "Yeah, that that wasn't so. That wasn't so." As soon as you said so straight, it's like you know. I only know straight, man. (laughs) Not funny straight, just straight. Uh, So listen, I was watching this documentary on food science, and when you brought up the auditory being maybe fifty percent or more, did you know that strawberries are not that sweet at all? And the reason you think strawberries are sweet is because they have one of the more powerful smells of a fruit and the smell tricks your brain into thinking it's super sweet, but there's not that much, not even close to as much sugar as strawberries or a bunch of other fruit. You can overpower the brain, right? The, the mm-hmm. brain is this really fascinating tool, but I was just reading this, this really fascinating article on how your perception of the world is actually entirely created in the dark because your your brain has no connection to anything. It's all about how your, you know, your visual systems create something, your auditory experience, smells, they're all entirely interpreted by you entirely different than than anybody else. So, I'm going to dial this back because I've taken us on several little <laughs> journeys today away from potentially the main points of the of our podcast, but hopefully everybody enjoyed the ride. 
how do people bring this back and turn this into marketing? Is it, is it getting a documentary story? Like how do they, what are some practical things that uh, people listen to this uh, small companies, mid-sized companies, big companies, uh, experts like specialists. I mean, it could be in, could be in healthcare. It could be in financial, it could be in real estate, it could be sports blogger, who, who knows, but how do they, how do they bring storytelling back into uh, everyday marketing? I mean, I, I think it starts with, with telling stories, right? Be, be intentional about anything that you're posting around your brand, right? It could be a 140 character tweet. It can be an Instagram post. It can be a LinkedIn. It could be your blog. It can be your about us page. If you go to, you know, 50% of websites, you know, like I said, the about us page is like a list of facts, right? And the easiest place to start any any storytelling is with your about us page because it's it's the foundation of your company, right? I probably don't work with or hire anyone who's like about us, us page didn't pull me in in some way because usually if it doesn't, I probably won't reach out to them. I, I think that's a really strong place to start because every brand or individual has an origin story, right? Like yeah. why they came into existence. It's a really simple place to start, but it's like, yeah. You know, there's a you, lot of people listening who are scrambling right now. Well, dude, they're all going to LinkedIn. Okay, they're going to their website. Well, well, nobody told me how to do that. What are you? What are you talking about? They're all freaking out. They're all running away. Dude, we just how's lost about us? Ninety percent of our listeners. I, well, I'm, I'm just like, okay. So how's our about us page? I mean, is it as good as we need it to be? Yeah. So that means we lost nine listeners in <laughs> one state. <laughs> the second piece I would say is is people embrace characters. Following the about us page sort of piece of advice is like, if you go to a financial advisor's website and, and they don't tell you who the people are in the company, do, do you want to hire them? I, mean, I sure never do. The amount of marketing companies that are out there where you go to their website and they're like, we're specialists in X and we do this and we do that. And you click on their about us page and there's just no people. And it's like, that's, I mean, that's the only reason I hire people, right? Like I, if I'm going to engage somebody, I'm, I, people hire people. I think that's sort of the second piece, right? Is, is, is embrace sort of who you are and who your team is and what the journeys are there. It, it's what makes you different from other companies. Kirk, I think we do a good job with that. I think uh, with, with how Lisa hires people, we have such an interesting group of people who cover so many different vast areas of the world even right I, i'm I'm pretty i'm still freaking out about the about us page dude but uh i feel pretty comfortable with the fact that we we, we do have really great people and i'm getting i'm getting a te- i'm getting a text and like as soon as this is over <laughs> and the recording's done it's like he's gonna say are you fixing our about yeah us I, I, I would say yeah, yeah I, i'm gonna read it and, and he'll remind me like, yeah for the next until it's done that that makes me very happy, and and, and Braden, I know that you know people is what we are. Uh, we're a pack animal, right? For I mean, for lack, we're storytelling pack animal. If you want to distill it down to the absolute essence of what a human is, right? And people connect with those stories. You know, Kirk was just talking about the moth, right? And when people open themselves up, and you get to see who they are. It's such a beautiful thing, even if it's not beautiful, because uh, some of the moth stories are brutal, man. In in since we want to help people rise above the noise, right? What do you need to do to separate yourself from your competition? And I think I think Braden has done an amazing job already 
as we wrap up today, because we do need to wrap up. But I think that he's done an amazing job to give everybody here the permission that from a marketing expert, somebody who was touted by somebody we respect more than really about anybody in the branding industry as probably the best documentary film style brand storyteller in North America, that he's giving you permission, everybody, that, that it's okay to be vulnerable, right? The, the, this insane persona that a lot of people, and, and Kirk and I, by the way, full disclosure, have totally fallen into this in years past. Right. That that both in now now we're proud mouth. Now we're a able to be who we really are and kind of break out of our shell. And I'm going to warn everybody, it could be pretty scary looking, but it's what's endearing people to us. It's what's creating more raving fans. And it's one of the reasons why, Braden, you get calls from all over the world to go ahead and do video shots. Now, if you were able to give everybody that one piece of advice, an executable thing, it can be repetitive. You can say what you've already said if you want to, but the, that one piece of advice that you think would truly help people rise above the noise and be their own loud, get their voice out in the marketplace, what would it be? I, I mean, I think it is truly to to embrace conflict in some way, right? Like it, it is it is help your audience overcome something. And in that framework, you have, you have so much from there to be able to build upon you don't have a story and and you don't create connection if if you don't give your something your audience something to buy into i'm going to give somebody an example just to bring this home for everybody a couple of years ago we started working we were when we we're still uh which is how, how many years ago and about three two three anyway when i was we one of our last branding clients before we went oh, totally yeah, podcast his name is chris and he's he used to be a firefighter he's in canada and we were working on his brand and he said, you know, I used to be a firefighter, now I'm a financial advisor. And I was thinking, okay, you're probably worth a bunch of firefighters because you were there and that's kind of seems too obvious, right? And he said, well, not necessarily. I said, well, why did you move from one to the other? And he said, well, it was basically that I was in the back of an ambulance. First of all, he was sorry, he was a paramedic first and then firefighter or vice versa. Anyway, right in the back of the the ambulance after people are in bad accidents. I guess you could be riding it uh, if you're a firefighter too. You can do that too, yeah? Yeah, anyway. Yep. See those details? That's why my, I, I suck at telling stories because these yeah, little weird Wrap it back. Come on, come on, bring it back, bring it back. So he's in the, so he's in the, in the back of the ambulance over and over again with, with couples who've been in car accidents or whatever. They're sitting there with all these regrets. And he said it was horrible. He said, so you're here because of the ride. The ride changed who you are as a human being and you want. So when he does financial planning, man, he is not about, he's like 25% about the money and 75% about how are you going to not have regrets? He attracts so many financial advisors to his business who want to try to emulate him. It's crazy. It's actually a bit of a burden for him, which is why I didn't use his last name, but now I've given up. But anyway, he has a podcast. <laughs> We're trying to get him out, get him out of his shell on the podcast he may be listening, but he's got, he's got a fabulous story, right? A purpose and passion. So maybe we should hook you guys up anyway. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Braden. It was a uh, great meeting. Yeah. Thank you. The simplicity sometimes of great advice shows real wisdom. And Braden, I think you brought that today, dude. 
by the way, uh, Braden said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm really bad with compliments. So I've been purposefully trying to compliment him as many times because I can actually see him so can Kirk, and I'm just waiting for his face to turn even a darker shade of red. Braden, I, I really, I, you know, all of us here at, at Be Your Own Loud and Proud Mouth really, truly uh, appreciate that. All of our listeners will too, that in order for you to make the connections that are needed, and, and if you are going to do that at scale, which is what we do here for you at Proud Mouth, the more vulnerable, the more conflict, the more quickly you can hook those people with your ears using podcasting and great social media posts will, will absolutely change everything. Now, Braden, I, I probably should have done this and I apologize. If somebody wants to reach out and hire you, I mean, come on, dude, people just experienced you in a very intimate setting with some, what well, I think Kirk asked you great questions. How, how should people reach out if they want to engage you? I mean, the best place to go and find us is untoldstorytelling.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can find me personally on LinkedIn as well, and feel free to connect and reach out that way. Nothing fancy. Keep it simple. Beautiful. And we will definitely keep put all of those links into the show notes because you shouldn't be searching that while you're probably driving right now anyway. Our whole goal here is to really reverse engineer what makes people truly successful in, in what they do. And, and, and I actually feel like we did that today. We really broke down a, a complex, philosophical, documentary, storytelling perspective when it comes to marketing and branding and distilled it down to really just a couple of really powerful words. The need for attention, how you want to do conflict, uh, and how you want to truly connect with people quickly because we know then they're going to have driveway moments. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.